I'm trying I know. to fake it. Well, I think that we'll come up with something to talk about. We always we always do. Mm. Well, I did research. We have a gu- yes, Michelle did research. We have we have gu- guidelines. So, I'm just going to rest this mic on my face. Do you think that's good? If I just rest it here like this. Let go, see if it stays. There you go. <laughs> it's like true laziness. Should I take a picture of myself yeah. doing this? Um so this is Pancake Town, the podcast, and I'm Emily. And I'm Michelle. And we kind of don't know what we're going to talk about, but we also do know what we're going to talk about. So this might, this is going to be a very free form episode. Kind, well, Or kind it'll of. be the most structured episode we've ever done. We have inspiration. We we're do. We're just trying to take something that's about something else and tie it into uh like business small business conversation well so we've talked about the book so the article that we're going to reference is written by a guy named mark manson and -hmm. didn't he isn't he the one that wrote the book the the subtle art of not giving a fuck yes okay and again is that the title i always like paraphrase it It and don't okay subtle art of not giving a fuck Uh which again i will say i don't remember how long ago that was that i talked about that many many episodes ago Mm. But it's a really good book. It's one of those, like, super easy to read. It's real funny. He curses a lot in it, which is good. I listened to the audio book. And I think, I mean, it literally, I feel like it might have been under 200 pages. So it's literally, it's an easy read. It's a quick read. I keep going back and forth between holding the mic while I eat and holding it away. I think that it gives it authenticity if we can hear the disgusting chewing that you're doing. <laughs> and we're going to talk about transparency in business. So look, you're, you're letting people know that you're a human that eats food. I'm hungry. And now people are going to feel connected to you and want to support your business. Okay. Is that right? Buy my jewelry. <laughs> I eat I'm a human bread. that goes well, to the bathroom three, <laughs> three, times three times prior to this recording. <laughs> Um, so again, the art, so Michelle sent me a list of podcast ideas, which is like probably the first time that this has ever happened. It is. Usually we just like text each other random thoughts or we, when we meet, we're just like, what are we talking about? And then we just start talking about something. Like after I started that new, um, paper folder or file, whatever it is. Yeah. So shout out to Dropbox paper. This episode is brought to you by Dropbox paper, (laughs) Dropbox paper. Use it. What I don't like. This is why we're we're uh, we're trying to enter into a world where we have podcast advertise, where we have advertisers pay us to do spoke. You know, Pancake Town is brought to you by Earl Grey tea. Earl Grey tea. It's delicious, right? Like that. Is that a good? Isn't that a good marketing voice? A lot. Earl Grey tea makes you urinate several times. I think that that's like um. Actually, listen, look, we can do legit things. Mm -hmm. So the Earl Grey tea is from Tees on Irving Park. So see, I could do shout out to Tees Tea Shop on Irving Park Road in Portage Park. There's some really shit, fantastic, fantastic (laughs) tea there. I love that place. I buy so much. I buy so much tea from there. And I kind of like you go in there and you feel like I don't need a bunch of different kinds of tea. But then there's like shelves of like literally 100 different kinds and you want all of them. That's me at Savory Spice. 
Yes, it feels like it feels like going into a spice shop because then you, you instead of like going in with an intention of like I need cardamom, you go in and you're like, ooh, sage, ooh, cinnamon, ooh, cocoa mix. Like you just start buying stuff that you don't need because it's yeah. there. I was just gonna say I didn't have like a local tie-in for my pumpkin bread, but um, the spices I used came from Savory, so. And that's is that on Lincoln? Is that mm -hmm. the one that's in Lincoln mm -hmm. Square? Nice. Yep. Yeah, that place is awesome. Um, so what we're trying to say is y'all should pay us to advertise your business because we're obviously really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to write them yourselves, mm. though. Anyway, Dropbox Paper is okay. super fun. We've been using it for a long time. We've been time, using it for a long time. We've never used it to like send each other ideas. notes. Yeah, which is kind of what it's for. It's dumb that it took us this long to do it. Well, we're kind of dumb. We're kind of dumb. But Michelle sent this long kind of free flow. I liked it because it was like literally free, th like just a stream of consciousness. And it was very much like the way she talks. Oh my God. Um, Like there's part of it that says. I'm trying to figure out how to apply this to running a business. Maybe how in order to have a consistent brand and point of view, you have to truly not care about what anybody else is doing and what people will think or what they want to buy, which is harder to do. See, this is like a total run on sentence. I like it. <laughs> which is harder to do with the existence of the internet and social media. Oh my God. Is this why I have a, such a hard time with branding? <laughs> <laughs> and like, while I was reading it, I wanted to reply <laughs> back to you, but then I didn't. Uh. Um, can there be a balance between understanding consumer behaviors and not giving a shit? So that's, I feel like that's, that's our topic. I feel like that's the title of your TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I, I feel like I took a psych class about consumer behavior, but I don't remember. Which exactly. is such an interesting thing to think about. Cause like how long ago was that class? How long ago would you say that you took that class? Um, when you were in college? Yeah, so 2002, so, probably, 2003. So f 14 years ago. Yeah. 16 years ago. Mm -hmm. So isn't that, but isn't that interesting to think about? Like, now it seems like there's so many versions of what a consumer is and, like, oh yeah, it's how to treat them and how they changed. looked at you and... Like, who are you supposed to listen to? Like, if you and I went to, like, a business conference, <laughs> I think we would go and be like, none of this applies to us right. at all. Right. But then, so then that's why there are so many different, like, here's a group for just this kind of business owner, and here's a group for this kind of business owner, and here's a group for this industry, and here's a group, and it's like, there's so many options for where to get advice from and I think that people get real desperate about like what am I supposed to do like what what's the right answer as if there is a right answer right like every time I google um what's the best day to send an email or oh, what's right the best what's the best time, time to, to post, post on, on Instagram? Instagram yeah um and like I'll look at the previews of the first sentences on the websites and one will say Monday and the next one will say Wednesday. Right. And then some and then of them are like, fuck it. I'm going to do whatever I want. Exactly. Cause it doesn't matter. And some of them are like, absolutely 7 PM on Tuesday evening. Yeah. And you're just like, Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Like, is that true for everyone? Cause if it was, I think we'd all be 
posting at 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. I refuse to Google like how to beat the Instagram algorithm. I always see yes. like yeah. the bigger Instagram accounts, people who have like a million followers or whatever. I don't know, 10,000. They, 10, they're complaining. 10,000 and a million are in my mind, pretty much the same amount. Yeah, sure. And <laughs> any number where you have like a K or an M. Yeah, if you've got a K, you are a superstar to me. Right. Because I don't um, have a K. And they're all like, uh, like I know that this w- won't be good for the algorithm, but I'm posting it anyway. I know. I think that's really or, interesting when the people that have like hundreds of like, thousands of followers good? are are acknowledging the algorithm yeah. as like haven't haven't you beat the algorithm? Like you're Mm -hmm. a person that Mm -hmm. literally has, you've beat the system. You have a substantial amount of followers and great influence Mm -hmm. and lots of interaction. And yet you're still, you still are like, I I don't know how I feel about this algorithm. Obviously it's working for you. Yeah. Obviously you're doing just fine. It's like when rich people are like, I don't know how I feel about the new landscaper we hired. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Are you a rich person that has a landscaper? (laughs) Shut up. Stop telling the, stop telling the poor people (laughs) about your problems with the landscaper. (laughs) Well, and now I just realized that, like either paying attention to the algorithm or choosing to ignore it is on topic with the like yes. finding a balance between right how much you care you want, and how much you do. realizing yeah. you need to think about what people want to, yes. to make money. I do think, I do think that we do get into as business owners, we start to get very overly concerned with like what everyone else is doing. And when I say everyone else in quotes, that often means a weird amalgamation of people that you've never met, people that you just know about because of the internet that you like aspire to that Mm -hmm. are like super separate from you. Mm -hmm. You don't know them at all. You don't even maybe live in the same city as them. That's most of the people. You probably aren't even in the same industry as them. Mm -hmm. They started their company at a different time. They have totally different circumstances than you, but yet you in your brain have decided that like somehow you should be similar. Like somehow you should be where they're at or they should be where you're at or whatever. Right. But, and then there's also people that are in your direct, you know, in your direct life that you actually know and that you like do shows with, or like they sell things to the same stores you do, or you're in the same industry and you know each other and like comparing yourself to any of those people is is super detrimental because you're not those people. Right. You'll never be those people. And the entire point of the cool shit that you make, and I guess this is now applying very directly to people who make things and design things, like the cool shit that you make is the only, like, you're the only person that could have made those things. So, like, why why is, I guess what I'm saying is, like, if my specific talent allows me to make the typography greeting cards that I have... Mm -hmm. 
Why am I super okay with that? Why am I not looking to be like, I should make my work like this person and I should start designing things differently so it looks like this designer and I should make things on this kind of paper because this person does. If I, if I don't care about those things, mm-hmm. if I'm very confident in my own choices to do those things, what is it about everything else in my business that makes me be like, oh, I should do my Instagram feed like this person and I should do... I should set up my office like this person and I should market myself the way this person does. Is it because I'm less confident in those areas or is it because like, it seems weird that you have. Yes. Okay. Like why? Like they're not theoretical. It's weird to me that like I have like comparitis Mm -hmm. about certain elements of my business, but not at all about other aspects of my business totally. yeah we should narrow down our issues our comparitis issues to like, exactly what they are right because then c- shouldn't i be able if you're just comparing yourself in all facets of your business mm-hmm. then you may have some bigger issues at play right. if you literally are like i don't even have confidence in my own designs and i'm now looking and then those are the people that like steal from people Mm -hmm. those are the people that just like straight copyright infringe on other designers because it's like they don't see anything wrong with that Mm -hmm. i guess or they don't feel like they have the capabilities to make their own designs but like if somebody's like Hey Emily, are you a good designer? Do you have the abilities to like make design a new line of cards? Do you have the ability to like design a bunch of new product and have it made and know that it'll look cool and sell? I totally am confident in that. And I'm not like looking to other people to be like, "Oh, I wish I could do lettering like that person." I mean, I aspire, I have like aspirations mm-hmm. where I'm like, "I could improve my own skills and be more like that person." And feel more confident in my own skills great but then I'm always like looking at people's offices and like people's marketing or like the way like why do they have 10,000 followers and I have two and like yeah the followers what does that mean what does it mean and it's like does it mean anything probably not I think my biggest thing is I follow a ton of stores yes like just to um keep them in my you know yes. to like the photos and potentially field of vision um, yeah yeah um potentially reach out to them as a um wholesale. yeah i do the same thing um and it comes in different waves where i'll see these stores all across the country posting that they've got this new line in and they've it's the same line and everyone's got it they're the big deal now there's a new one not, yeah not totally new but like Every day, I'll see five different stores post, we just got this line in, yeah. and that's where I get jealous. Where you're like, why isn't that me? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I feel like most of the stores that I'm wholesaling to aren't really posting my photos. Yeah. Some of them are. Yeah. And I get really excited. But it's not like an onslaught, like it feels like with these other brands, you know? Well, and then... The thing that's interesting, though, is, like, why are all those people, like, why is that one brand hitting all those stores all right, at once? Like who, Did they do a mailing? Did they send a bunch of stuff out to people? Do they have rep. a PR person? Yeah. Do they have a rep? I feel like yeah. it's got to be, like, they did a trade show. Right. They have a rep. I don't know. I just, I want, like, a hundred 
wholesale stores. Yeah. And I have like 50. So that's a big leap. Yeah. But that's what I want. But it's only double. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, yeah. you say that and I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking I want a hundred stores. Yeah. And I have five. Well, you, when, when have you been trying though? That's, well, and that's exactly so the I'm point. I'm trying though. I'm not trying know. at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying in my brain, but not, I've not, I'm not yet to the point of real life practical trying. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, I think it's interesting to think about where you want to be and then also like where you want to be realistically, like, cause it's easy to say, okay, I want to be in a hundred stores, but then like, can you make a really hardcore game plan that's like, this is how I'm going to get there? I mean, I have... I kind of have an idea. And then and then is there like a spacing out of that where it's like, okay, if if I'm going to get 100 stores, is it more reasonable for me to think if I need 50 more and I want them by the end of this year, is that crazy or is that doable? And like if I want them by the end of the year, what does that break down to in a month? Like how many would I need do I need 18 new stores every month? And then how do I do that? Right. I mean, I think it is possible. Here's the problem with um, uh, this time of year. Yeah. Is that it's only been not even two months, and I'm comparing this yeah, year and last, to last year. year. Yeah. And that trend means nothing. It doesn't mean right. just because um, my wholesale this year is more than twice what it was last year doesn't mean that every single month is going to continue going in that way. Right. Yeah. And I know this, but like part of me is like getting excited about it. Right. And I know I shouldn't because I've been let down repeatedly in yeah. the summer months when everything goes to shit. Right. And, um, and I think, oh my God, I've fucked it all up. I have to, yeah. What, what's plan B, B. and yeah. C and D um. <laughs> and Q? <laughs> Why not? Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Also, I was thinking about the comparing. I try to focus on comparing myself to myself. You know, yeah. Like, um, which is, I think, a good this month the last thing month, to do this month to last the yeah. month last year um like i create all these competitions with myself yeah. via my spreadsheets and reports which and i think stuff. is really good i think that's what i mean even outside of like our little business and our and like our industry and you know small potatoes or whatever like i would i think big corporations do that too where they're like they put out annual reports and they have like board meetings Mm -hmm. and they sit down and go where are we at where have we come from where were we at six months ago i get that and i think that's super smart from having worked for big companies like when you walked into your job your shift at the gap um you had to have you know like people came on at the same time and you met with your the manager at the um for the day and they told you how much um, they did last year on this day and how much the goal was for this year. Yeah. And like 
that shit stuck with me. Or even at Blick, like when you were the uh, manager in the morning, you had to make a sheet that everyone saw and you wrote last year's sales for the day and then the goal for this year. Yeah. And then you assign people tasks and shit. But um, just that habit yeah. stuck. I think it's a good thing to do as a smaller company because I think that we, especially when it's just you and you don't have employees, mm-hmm. there's not that, you don't have that accountability feeling of like, well, someone, I'm responsible for someone else's paycheck or I'm responsible for someone else's livelihood or I'm responsible for someone else's like feeling satisfied with the, you know, day of work. Um, when it's just you, like, I think people put that to the side and don't think like, oh, I need to, I need to have sales goals for the month and I need to Mm -hmm. have like a focus for like, what should I be aiming for, for the spring or what should I be aiming for, for the year? And like, when you don't pay attention to that, Mm -hmm. then a year will go by and you'll be like, huh, I should probably should have, like, I could have done better. Why? But I wasn't paying attention or right, I didn't like, focus on it. I know exactly where, like what my numbers were for last year for wholesale consignment and, um, my retail, like yeah. online retail yeah, and where I'm ahead and where I'm behind. Yeah. Like at all times, because I have good. spreadsheets where you can see every year. Yeah. No, it's good because then, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I think if we, I think if everybody spent more time obsessing over (laughs) their own, like comparing themselves to themselves, Mm. like everybody would probably be a lot more successful because like there's merit in, in comparing yourself to yourself. There's merit in going, okay, how did this line do? And like, did I enjoy working on it? Did it cost more money to make? Did I make more sales on it? Did I get better customer response? Did it have some problem that like made me spend more hours fixing something? Did I have lots of returns on this? Mm -hmm. Did I like thinking about things that are actually you instead of completely arbitrary made up expectations of other people? Like when you see somebody's beautiful new studio and you start to feel bad about your situation or you Mm -hmm. see somebody's new product launch and think why isn't that me like you literally are making that shit up like you're making up that they're successful you're making up that they're happy you're making up that they have no debt you're making up that they're gonna have a long-running business like they could go to business in a month you don't Mm -hmm. know like you don't know the real story behind what they're doing and like when you think about your own circumstances and how crazy they might be, like, don't you realize that everybody else has those same, like think about the number of people that run a seemingly successful business and it's super profitable and they're all over the place and they seem to have their shit together. And then like, guess what turns out their husband has a six figure salary and they don't pay their mortgage. Like that person literally doesn't have any bills. Like that's real. Mm -hmm. Like, and then you have to give yourself a little bit of slack and realize like, if you have three kids, like, you have to pay for those children. Like your money goes to different things and like, you can't be so hard on yourself because you don't know that other person's circumstances. Right. And that's not to say that there aren't people that are like single moms with three kids and a huge mortgage that are also super successful, profitable business owners. 
because that's also a thing. But like, there's something to be said for like, you know, some people have things in the background that you don't know about that are helping them. Right. Same as you have things in the background that are helping you. And it's like, there's, there doesn't seem to be, and if comparing yourself to those other people is energizing you and like mm. pushing you forward and giving you inspiration and like making you power through and do your shit better. Awesome. But if comparing yourself to them is making you feel bad about yourself and making you feel like they're so much ahe farther ahead of you and you're never going to catch up and you're a failure. Well, fuck that. Like, fuck right. that. Like, don't, that's a horrible place to be. And then you need to stop looking at Instagram. Like if that's how you feel, if those looking at those, I mean, there's people that I've followed that then I unfollow because I'm like, not because of them, but because for whatever reason, seeing things in their feed or seeing them or the way that they're making me feel is just negative mm -hmm. because of me, not because they're making me feel bad, right? but because I'm allowing them to make me feel bad. And there's certain feeds that like just hit me the wrong way and make me feel like, Oh, I just like, I'm, I'm comparing and feeling like a failure and I need to just eliminate that from my view. Like, and that's okay to just be like, I don't need to see this. Like if, and acknowledging like that's on me, it's my fault for whatever it is. Right. Yeah. But like, I don't need to force, I don't need to like, if seeing animals get hurt on TV makes me sad, I don't watch those shows. I can't, I won't watch them because there's no reason to make myself feel bad. I don't need to prove that I love animals by watching mm -hmm. a show and getting upset. So like, why do I do it with my business? Like, why do I force that shit into my view and then, and then feel real bad? Like, there are certain card companies that I follow where like sometimes when they're too similar to what I do, mm -hmm. I I can't follow them. I need to be, I need to separate myself because I'm doing too much comparison. Whereas there's other card companies that aren't as similar to what I'm doing that I can have a little distance from and be like, Ooh, I see how they're doing that that way. That gives me an idea for how to do things for my company mm -hmm. instead of going, oh why like I'm so far behind or they're in so many stores and I'm not and what's wrong with me and it's like if they're making me feel that way I should just I I'm just I gonna get, unfollow don't get <laughs> on the comparitis thing about people's designs I just I get it about like um I don't know opportunities that I yeah. feel like they're getting that yeah I don't know how to get or something but then do you do you feel like you're do you feel like you get opportunities that other people probably don't I mean, get? Probably, but it you know, and at the time it never feels like it. Right. You know. And that's another thing is like trying to step outside yourself and look at yourself and your company like objectively is really hard. But sometimes well, you have to do that to kind of be like, oh wait, I'm actually really good at what I do and I'm actually really successful and there are probably a bunch of people that follow me and are like oh I hate that bitch and all her 
gorgeous photography that she just does on her phone, but it looks like it's professional. And learning how right? to do that like in your own private space instead yes. of doing the Instagram post that says, I've just I'm having a hard time right now and I know I, I think I can't do this and just wanted to let everyone know. My major da, 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 problem da. with those posts is Instagram is not your blog. Because like I feel like I think it that sharing has, is fully appropriate and mean, totally fine and your choice. Like a personal blog, you mean? No, or, I, no, I oh, feel okay. like you could if you want to have a blog, I feel like Instagram because it doesn't have like the whole point of Twitter was that it had a cap on how much you can put there. Mm. The whole point was these are just thoughts. This is just a caption. Mm. This is just boom and it's instant and it's a stream. And Instagram allows you to write these paragraphs upon paragraphs upon paragraphs about your feelings and your life and, and your shit. And continued in comments. Yes. Post. Oh, my God. They do the max. They max it out. And then they keep writing more stuff. Like, That's get really a, annoying because get a fucking get a blog. Of comments then and you want to read yeah, that person. You can't. And you got to scroll all the way. Yeah. And it's just a lot of like, work. And, also, and I get that you can just, like, not read the comment. That's fine. Right. But, like, I feel like people write those big, long things because they do want people... They want people to comment back. Everyone needs the you can do it thing. But I think you can Ugh. get that from your friends and fellow small business owners. Don't and, ask your customers to do it. And also, um, also you can do it. Like, why does that? Like, think really hard about why that makes you feel better and how sad that is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well. So we talk a lot about how being transparent is a good thing, right? Right. Showing the work, showing the behind the scenes, the process. Right. Um, but do you have to also like kind of subtly fish for. Right. For a pity party. Yeah. I'm hosting a pity party and you're all invited. I think there's a line and yeah. it's not really a fine line. Yeah. Um. And every now and then I'll see a post that just crosses it. Yes. And it's too much. Like you, you don't need to share that much. You can share the behind the scenes, the mess. It's also the difference between sharing something that is directly related to your business mm -hmm. and, and understanding when it's not direct. It's not related to your business. Like, like your personal feelings or you being overwhelmed or mm -hmm. you being sad or you being blah, blah, blah. Like that, that's an overshare. Yeah. And if you want to say, Hey, I did a show this weekend, full, full disclosure. It didn't go well. Here's some tips for like, here's some things that happened and, and like, how do you all deal with that? Like, it seems to me like, that's an issue. That's a, hey, I'm being transparent about my business. And isn't that refreshing? It's talking about how, like, something personal happened to you and you're sad or, like, you're just not dealing well or, like, you can't handle your own emotions or something is something that you can go have coffee with your friends. Well, and, like, you don't, like, that's almost putting a burden. There's a difference between, like, putting the burden of 
feelings and emotions and your personal life on your customers versus, hey, guess what, everybody? I'm a real person and sometimes bad things happen in business and here's a situation that happened to me. Like that's That seems like a behind the scenes, I'm being open versus... I want you to all tell me how sad you are for me and yeah. like send me virtual hugs sure. and random emojis with hearts. I think um, I I worry the most about people who talk about how stressed they are all the time. As if we're not all fucking stressed. Well, <laughs> that's what my was, first thought is like, yep, me too. To know that I'm stressed. Right. Because of course I am. And it's all the time. Right. Because I don't want them to think like, oh, I won't place an order. I don't want to give her so much to do. To pile of stuff. Right. Because in reality, I want you to pile it the fuck on. Yeah. I will. Work I will handle it nonstop. Yeah. Um, and be happy about it. So and I'm never going to tell you my right. customer that I'm stressed out. And the customer is not responsible for your stress. No. Because if you're so stressed out, like if you're head. stressed out, then maybe you need to hire somebody. Maybe running a business isn't for you. Maybe you need to ask some people for help. And all of those are things that like you need to deal with behind the scenes and maybe think like, I think if everybody just stepped back and thought if I posted what I'm about to post, mm -hmm. if someone else posted what I'm about to post, what would I think of them? How would that color my impression of them? Would I, would this post, is it worded in a way that makes me feel like, oh my God, get, figure your shit out. Or is it, is it in a way that's like, oh, well, that's nice to know. Like, that's interesting to learn, like something that they dealt with. And like, I actually feel like I know more about them as a business owner, or I know more about how they deal with things or like, just kind of take a moment to be like, oh, this sounds like it's begging for like it's right. like I, I'm like, I'm complaining don't com right don't complain on right. your Instagram yeah don't complain I think you can like show the behind the scenes of a giant project that's yes a mess and you've got to get it done like or in, like during trade show season how many times do you see people post things that's like our crate didn't come I'm about to lose my mind here's how we solve that problem yeah like that's that's fucking interesting like that's a cool interesting thing to be like oh my god sometimes shit falls apart sure. and look how they got it together and made this happen and that's so impressive and like congratulate like and that merits a comment of like you did it congratulations mm -hmm. so great so sorry about your crate going missing mm -hmm. like but being like I just did a trade show and I'm really tired and I'm super sad and I'm just gonna go lay in a bed and eat pudding like yeah, d good. Congratulations. <laughs> Go do that by yourself. Well, because there's this, we went through this phase where everyone um, needed their business to look perfect on yeah. the internet. Yeah. Actually, we've. I feel like since Instagram started, yeah. we've gone through multiple phases. Like at first it was like, show lots of your personal stuff. Yes. And then Go nuts. Show none of it. Yes. Right. Yeah. And then everyone got sick and tired of seeing the perfect. The sterile white. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And now we've, we've decided you need a balance, right? Yeah. We're bringing the transparency and back. The, the stories stuff back. has allowed a little yeah. bit more transparency. Cause that's a perfect venue for like, I'm eating 
a cheeseburger right now when you would never in a million years post a picture of a cheeseburger mm. on your feed. You right. you will post a 24-hour picture of it to just be like, hey, I'm a person. I went and supported this other business. Yeah. That's cool. And I need to try to do more of that. Yeah. But I think that some people, when they think, okay, I I don't want to pretend that things are perfect. Right. They go and they overshare mm-hmm. um, like too real. Right. Because they're trying to be honest. And it's like, but... I think everyone needs to think about the fact that, like... I mean, maybe this is just me saying this. And maybe there are some people that have perfect lives sometimes. I don't... I've never met any of those people. But, like, everyone needs to realize that absolutely no one's life is perfect. Period. Period. I mean, End I of story. we all do know that. Like, and then no one's life is perfect. we scroll through our Instagram feed and we forget it. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, I I don't know. We're feel like we had uh, so many other things. Well, the Mark the Mark Manson article that we are that we looked at for some of these things. Um, the title of it is 12 Stupid Peep." Sorry, Twelve Stupid Things People Care About Way Too Much." This article is funny because it's literally from five years ago. Oh. And the stuff that he writes about it is still so relevant. Like, none of it has changed. None of it's better or different. Like, it's all the same dumb shit that everybody cares about. And I think the reason why Michelle sent me the link mm. is because there's a section of it that's about offending people. Like, be, like, one of the things that people care too much about is, like, being offended. Like, seeking out being offended. And, like... That that definitely, like, I mean, it ties into what we were talking about the last episode. Right. I was just trying to, like, take that conversation further. Yeah. And I remembered the the quote, which was just because you're offended offended doesn't mean you're right. Doesn't mean you're right. Yeah. Um, Which is, I don't know, it's stuck with me. Yes. It's a good, it's a very good quote. It's like, it, it touches on pretty much anything on social media where people are like, um, you can't use that term or you can't say this or you can, or like the way you phrase that is upsetting to me. And it's like, there's an element of you don't have to be here. Mm-hmm. And like, before we started recording, I used the, I used the analogy of like, it's like being at someone else. It's like being at a bad party. Like if you got invited to a party or you crashed a party, which is more accurate for the internet. You just showed mm-hmm. up at someone's party that you weren't invited to. That's how Instagram. But the door works, was yeah. the door was mm-hmm. unlocked, yeah. so you came in, right? The music was okay, playing. Keep going the with door it. was unlocked. You yeah. came in. It seemed like there were a lot of cool people you there. Already. Seemed like cool people. Yeah. Seemed like it was a hip place. No one told yeah. you to leave when you walked in. There was no bouncer to tell you to get the fuck out. So you walked in, and you were like, hmm, "There's free food here and shit for me to look at," right? And then you realize, like, there's some asshole there talking shit in the corner about something you don't like Mm. and then you find out it's his house it's his house he threw the party he didn't invite you he paid for everything that's here but you're the one that you're the one that crashed the party Mm. this is not your house these people didn't come to your house and instead of just going well that guy's an asshole and everybody here is an asshole 
and I'm going to get the fuck out of here before I have to hear any more of this. You decide to get up on a table with a megaphone that you brought and get the room to quiet down so that you can tell everyone how the guy that's hosting this party is wrong and he's an asshole and he offended you. And literally everyone there is like, um, who are you? Like you, no one invited you. You could have just left. Why are you here? Like you're allowed to just leave. We're in the privacy of our own home. Just because the door was unlocked doesn't mean that you have to come in here and tell us all that we're wrong. We're having a party about how much we love guns. We're allowed, right? Like, we're allowed to do that. You can go to a different party. You can go home. Mm. You can walk the fuck away. You also can record everyone here and take pictures of it and then go have your own party where you make fun of us. These are all options, but mm. instead you chose the option of yelling in everyone's face in a room full of people that don't give a shit about you. And like the whole thing was voluntary. So like I don't so and then in real life, if I went to a bad party, I wouldn't my gut instinct would not be to tell everyone there how horrible they are my gut instinct would be to go home. Mm -hmm. So why is it that in real life we would just leave the party? But in in internet world, we feel like there's something necessary about standing on that table with a megaphone. But maybe some people do that. To go to parties and tell people that their well, shit I'm is, just, that I'm they're assholes? That I like your analogy. And they weren't invited, but the door was unlocked? <laughs> Um, because uh, I do the same thing on the internet as I do in a party. As a party, which you is just walk away. Like if I if there's a Instagram account that I follow because I love to hate it, I'm yes. just you know making fun of it to myself. And if I'm at a party that you sit sucks, in the corner and I talk to your husband and, and make to, fun of everyone, that's exactly. exactly what I do. That's exactly right, and so that's maybe appropriate. These other people are getting into arguments at parties. And so if that's true... Maybe they do that with every aspect of their lives. But I don't believe that at all. No. I believe that a small percentage of those people, of people do that in real life. But, like, have you ever been to a party where... It's not like you every party you go to, somebody stands up on a table and starts yelling at people about how horrible I'm they are. I'm not sure if been no to one a does party, that. like, <laughs> in a while. count uh, your wedding. <laughs> Was the last time Did anybody yell at anybody at my wedding? Not that I recall. No, I don't think there were any fights at my wedding. Everyone was just like we are tipsy going on to wine. A party this weekend, though, we are going to a party this weekend. Isn't that crazy? I don't know if that's going to be a very raucous party. It seems like it's going to be. be it's going to be a sweet little baby shower with a bunch <laughs> of middle-aged ladies <laughs> talking about baby shit. So yeah. Last party I went to your wedding. Maybe at maybe <laughs> at the baby part. shower, you and I should sit in the corner and make fun of everyone. I think that that's bound or to Or I will get up on a table <laughs> with a megaphone. And tell everyone that you hate babies. And tell everyone how much I hate babies <laughs> and how I believe that no one, like, why are we here? You're all idiots. None of us should have been born. <laughs> <laughs> We're all a waste of space. And... Um, this baby is doomed. <laughs> if it if it weren't for the fact that this baby has awesome parents, yeah. 
We'd all be fucked. <laughs> Have a nice evening. Awesome, uh, Thanks for inviting me. Awesome Although, see, here's mother the difference. Who made a face at kids just last week when she here's saw the, them crying. Here's the difference. I was invited to this party. Yeah. If I just crashed the baby shower, oh, okay. that would be a little more. It would be a little more directly related to how the internet is. Um. Oh crap! I felt like I was gonna get us back on. On back on track and i That's had never it. gonna happen i had it uh do it well now i don't even know what we were just talking about back to the uh original um concept i had for this episode which was what which was how do you find the balance between not giving a shit and also considering what your customer wants because you have to you can't just yes it's two things. It's either I'm making what I want and I don't care. And then you end up with <coughs> potentially no sales. Or I think there are some magical businesses where people just make whatever they want and people buy it anyway, because somehow. Yes. I think I, that's that true. That is possible. Yeah. There's a but few companies also, that make shit and I'm like, people buy this? Yes. Amazing. You somehow found a, a niche You found your people. Something. Yeah. You found um, your people. But. I, I know that I have to find a balance between making the thing I want to make. Um, and what and, will sell. Right. And what will sell. And if you go with the, I'm just going to make stuff that sells route and I just make a bunch of jewelry with circles on it for, you know, <laughs> now I'm <laughs> not distinct. New collection designed. <laughs> it's just circles. I yeah. think that, I, I mean, my opinion is that with every business and I, not that I'm an expert by any means, but in my experience looking at a wide array of people's businesses for show of hands, mm -hmm. the ones that I do feel, and, and I will say that there are businesses that come to the show that I kind of say, these are people who are going to do better. Like I, I kind of know ahead of time, like, this is going to sell really well. These people are really good at their booth display. They understand like the economics of their industry. They seem to understand having like higher priced items and lower priced items so that they're hitting a wider array of people, like whatever good things they've got going on, then tend to equal those people being the same people that tell me that they had record sales and that they make tons of money. So like there's some... Mm. I'm what I'm saying is like I kind of do know what I'm talking about a little bit at least yes. like these are I'm not going you guys are the best of the best and then those eight people like don't make any money mm. and I will say that like those those businesses the ones that do better and seem to just kind of function better outside of the show as well it seems like they have a good amount of things that are like, this is what I want to make. And this, this product might be crazy, but I really love it. And mm -hmm. like, it's my original thing and it might be kind of out of the box and like not as mainstream, but then they understand the concept of you got to have some things that are mainstream. Right. Like there, there isn't the people that don't do well are the, two ends of that spectrum. The person that just makes crazy lunatic stuff that's mm. super niche and super specific and is one price point. And then the people who 
just make a bunch of stuff that's super generic. And I always say a lot of the people that don't get into the show are people that the first thing about them that kind of puts a strike against them is that they don't have a point of view. And so, and those people are suffering from, they're just making shit that they think the masses want. They're thinking Mm -hmm. about, they want 80% of the people to go, Oh, I need a bracelet. I'm just going to put some beads on a chain and that'll hit a wider range of people. Right. Instead of getting super specific and having a point of view where like you've got some quirky shapes going on or you've got some very specific colors happening or you're only using brass or you're whatever it is. When in reality, you're going to that person's going to do better. The person that's doing some specific because then the person buying it is going to go why would I buy this bracelet instead of this bracelet? Well, the reason why is because it has a point of view. You're buying something that someone designed and it's interesting to you. And yes, there are a ton of customers in the world that don't understand that concept and will just buy a bracelet because it's a bracelet. Yeah, well, I was about to make fun of a specific um, big brand of jewelry that, and then you're more, and you're not going to every show. I do see it, do someone it. wearing it and I'm like, they're <gasps> not going to shop. Tell me. me because they've got that dumb necklace on who Tiffany. No. <laughs> Kendra Scott. Oh yeah. I know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But so, but here's the thing. Like, so I, th- I think that there's something to be said for, kind of going down the middle there like sucking up the fact that there are going and we've talked about this a lot like the products that we make where we're like i love this this is my newest thing i'm so into it and i it can't wait and then <laughs> goddamn no one buys it right and then there's the thing that you literally like farted out in your mm-hmm. sleep as a i need one more necklace i'm yeah. bored And it's your top seller and continues to be your top seller. I have the same exact thing with cards and with prints. Things that I put, for me, minimal effort and minimal care and love and thought into will turn into Mm -hmm. number one sellers. And then the thing that I think Mm -hmm. is like quirky and unique and fun and I'm going out on a limb and I sure hope people like it. Like those damn lattice cards are my fucking favorite thing in the whole world. I designed them and had them letterpress printed because I was like, I love these so much and I worked so hard on them. And like, they only now are starting to gain a little bit of like, like oh, people want these. but. I also have to remember, instead of getting disheartened that they're not my top seller, I have to remember that they round out my offerings. They right, make, they right. up no, the ante on the other shit. Like if I have, I oh my, I made this birthday card and it literally says happy birthday and it took me five minutes to design, but it's literally the top three selling card and will continue to be forever. That doesn't mean keep making generic shit that's the same as that. It means make a couple things that are like that to pay the bills and move stuff forward and hit that demographic. But also remind yourself that like whenever somebody does buy a set of those lattice cards that are more expensive and don't sell as well, they're super excited about it. Like they're super, they're like, Oh my God, these are amazing. I've never seen these before. Like they get way more excited about them than the hundred people that bought that birthday card. Mm that are just buying it because it's a birthday card. So like, I think there has to be some amount of like, 
make things because you're a good designer sure. and you love doing it and try as hard as you can to not give a shit that it might not sell or it might sell a little tiny bit. I think what's interesting is that um, since we're both people who have had businesses for longer than 10 years, you would assume that like our point of view is just like, so it's solidified over the years <laughs> and it's like gotten really specific yes. and like we're super focused and we've got it figured out. Right. We're on Shark Tank. <laughs> we, but what happens... We're looking for Series C investments. Because yeah, whatever that is that what? we're hearing about all the time now. Somebody just gave me $52 million. <laughs> and I'm going to pay that back real fast somehow. But what it's done is given us all this time to just have constant waves of self-doubt. <laughs> God, it's so depressing. No, it's true. Um, because like, I'll wrong. get real focused and clear oh, and yeah. I'll be like, I just need to throw a circle bead on a necklace. We'll see. $36 I've done. done. I've done it. For sure. Oh yeah. I haven't put it sure. on my website. There are no photos of it, but whatever. Yeah. My most recent successful design is literally a, like a drawing I did with a dry erase marker on a dry erase board and then took a picture of it with my phone. Which one is that? Don't stop. Get it. Get it. Oh, okay. And literally did no rounds of edits. I cleaned it. I vectorized it, cleaned it up, put it on a tote bag, made a print out of it. Top seller. Huh. Fucking bored. I was fucking bored. So then that tells you when your brain is like, I'm learning from my experiences. Doesn't that experience then tell me like it's similar to the get, get your shit together where I was like, I'm fucking frustrated. I'm real bored. I need a new desktop wallpaper. Here mm-hmm. now, this is my number one selling item. That tells me that I shouldn't put any effort into designing things. That's what it tells me. It tells me you should never sit down and have mm-hmm. a day of designing and go through rounds of revisions and post things up on the wall and take a look at them and make them into sample products. It tells me I should just draw some shit on a dry erase board and take a picture of it and it's done. But that's not true. Like that's no, not it has real. To be both. It just happens. Yeah. Sometimes it happens that way. And sometimes it happens the other way. Right. And I certainly have good selling products that I put lots of effort into. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, you have to look at things without being so finite about them. You can't you can't have one good experience and go, okay, well, I'm doing everything like that from now on. And I think my brain tells me that. Right. All I think the it time. tells I think everyone's brain tells them that. Because my yeah. my brain does the same thing. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, I just like, I guess no one gives a shit about this. I'm not gonna make that anymore. Mm-hmm. And then literally I'll do the next show I do, people are like why don't you have any 11 by 14 prints? I'm like, cause the last show, no one wanted them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I get that with, um, people ask, Oh, can you make this in silver? Do you have any silver? Right. And then I'll break down once a year. I do this, do once some year, silver I break down, I and do then some no, one buys, and no it. one buys it. Yeah. And to the point where now when people say like, do you do anything in silver? I say I do once a year and no one buys it. And then I like, and then you cringe. Say that out loud. <laughs> You're like, God, I'm oh an asshole. God. Um, we had something. What you should say, which is what I say, is I, I'm always happy to do a custom order. Yeah, no, I, I because then people walk away that. and realize that they're being really presumptuous about telling you how to design your own line. Sure, 
Because people constantly tell me what I should put on a greeting card. Oh, that, that fucking all the time. Way more with you than me. They're yeah. like, you know what this should say. I'm like, well, tell me. I would love to hear. It. Please tell me. Or like, please do tell any me. of these say anything inside? Yeah. Oh, you should put the number on the of inside. people that that open when people stand in front of me at shows and pull the card out of the cello sleeve. I want to punch them in the face. PSA, everybody. Do not take the card out of a sleeve of anyone's card. I don't care if you're standing in front of them at a show or if you're in a store and the designer is not there. The card is in a sleeve for a reason. And if you want to look at it, you need to go find the person selling it and you ask them to take it out of the sleeve because your hands are dirty. I'm <laughs> real like sorry. you like monologuing on this for a moment because I... You have to pee again? Okay. I can't wait. I think you should go. You want a monologue? I'm going to monologue. Because I won't make it. I'm going to figure out something to talk about for the next eight minutes while Michelle pees. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so I think the thing that we're talking about a lot is the whole, like, how much do you listen to your customers versus how much do you listen to yourself? And when Michelle comes back, I'm sure she'll have something to say about this. But my, I have a very vivid memory of um, Chandra Greer, who is the owner of Greer, a card shop here in Chicago. I remember specifically her telling me in the months before I opened Orange Beautiful's retail store that um, I think I said something to her about like, how do you figure out what to buy? Like, how do you decide what the customer wants and like what you just want? And she said, she said something very, I'll paraphrase it, but she said something very interesting about how like she buys what she wants. She buys what she likes because she is the tastemaker and like she decides what people like and she's like sometimes I'm wrong and sometimes I'm right like sometimes I'll buy something that's super great and awesome in my opinion and no one buys it I kind of heard a little bit and so I try to think about the whole idea of like being the tastemaker that Mm. like what why is someone buying your jewelry versus this other person's jewelry and like in the tiny economy of a craft show what will make somebody buy your jewelry instead of the booth next to you? And it's because some something about your point of view is interesting to them. Like they they like the aesthetic. They like that they maybe they're a crazy Harry Potter fan and they really like that that elder necklace makes them think of Harry Potter. Like whatever it is. You, you can't ever know what the thing is. And it's, it's going to be different for different people. Like the, every single person that buys something from someone, they're buying it for a different reason. Right. But if you think about it that way, then it makes me want to design something for every single person who's coming to the but then, event. So th- so th- but then you should look at it the opposite is what mm-hmm. I'm saying is like, so if Chandra's av- mm-hmm. advice is true, that you are the tastemaker. Yes. It will. It should always be what you like. It should always, no matter what, be what you like. I'm gonna do the yes, but period. <laughs> yes, but yes, but. And I've noticed this because I've been thinking about it a lot since last week. My um, uh, aesthetic 
is all over the place. Yeah. Like conflicting design concepts. I but like. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think know so. how to narrow it down. I feel like I like lots of things. I would disagree that your aesthetic is all over the place. I feel like it is. I think that, I mean, because this is something that we comes up a lot in graphic design is like if you looked at Orange Beautiful's line, you you could argue that my aesthetic is all over the place. You could argue that like a lot of my type styles are very different and don't look like the same person did them. You mm, could argue that the Motivate yeah. line doesn't go with the other cards. You could argue that the Lattice line definitely doesn't go. You you could argue that. But the reality is, is like the my aesthetic is super specific and just because everything doesn't match doesn't mean the aesthetic isn't the same. Like, I think that's a lot to do with branding. Like you don't, I think people think that branding means everything matches and that's not what it means. It mm. means that everything is the same story. Like everything is coming from the same storyteller and that you don't tell the same story word for word every time, but the feeling you get from hearing that story is the same. Like you, you can't, you have to think about it like in terms of like an author or in terms of like a person that makes movies, like you can tell someone's style without them telling the same story every time. Yeah. And so like, just because you can put like, a pair of earrings next to a necklace and go like, these are super different. Mm. They still are from the same story. Well, like they're I mean, still the same person telling the story, which is what I mean when I talk about like people who tend to not get into show of hands when they don't have a point of view is because they'll send me a link to like an Etsy shop and there's like three different products that literally have not even one element in common. Like, It'll be like bars of soap and then they're knitting scarves and then have beaded jewelry. Yeah. And you're just like, this is all over the place and cannot be one company. And then even more specifically, a jewelry vendor will have beads on chains mm -hmm. and then also like some random geometric things and then like a bunch of giant pendants. And, and you're just like, none of these are talking to each other at all. Like, they're very different. And they're to the point where, like, it looks like the same person didn't even make these. Because mm -hmm. there's not one thing that's the same. Well, I, I mean, the reason I say that I have lots of different... Um, I don't even know what I'm trying to say anymore. Um, but, like, when we went to Tucson, um, I, like, told Monica ahead of time, like, uh, I'm trying to get more focused yeah. this year. Like things need to look like they're my jewelry. Yeah. And so we're both on this, like, this is cool. We like this, but it doesn't, doesn't fit. fit with. Yeah. And there's one thing that I was like, Ooh, I really like this. Yeah. And she's like, it doesn't look like Michelle Starbuck designs. And I'm like, that's what I, I need sometimes yeah. someone to else rein you to in. tell me yeah. that. Yeah. Um, because there's an impulse to like, this just looks nice to me. Yeah. Um, and then I knew I would have gotten it at home and been like, oh, fuck, it doesn't look good with well, everything else. You know what's interesting is, like, I think that in terms of you kind of narrowing stuff down and, like, figuring out 
your branding in like meaning that your collection all looks like it's like you could look at it and go, that's Michelle Starbuck, mm-hmm. I think is a lot of people like super basic branding, like consultants will tell you that you need like keywords or you need like, I'm sure there's a real term for this, but like in business saying like, okay, part of my business plan is like, what are the five things that describe my business or describe my product? And some, some businesses hard to do. Right. But like some businesses are super generic and they're Mm -hmm. like clever, fun, sophisticated, young, right? Like they're just like super broad and that's fine because maybe that works for whatever their service or brand or, Mm -hmm. you know, but like for you, I almost feel like, you need to make some parameters for yourself. I do. Where it's like, what are the five things that, like pick the 10 pieces of jewelry that you want to be cohesive with Mm -hmm. and like come up with five words that describe all of them. So I actually kind of do something similar to that recently because I did the um, custom hashtags thing with the shop files and she made you fill out this worksheet. And one of the things was like identifying words that describe your business. Yeah. And it was so hard to do because I've never thought about it. Right. Um, I think I even like, uh, just made jokes a few times like I have no idea what I'm doing um help me please yes. help me please help hashtag please help me yeah um uh anyhow I, the hashtags I got were so helpful I don't have to yeah I I should actually um go through and make some new groups of hashtags from she gave you like so many to nice. use it's so worth it um what was I going with that? Yeah, the I should uh, revisit that. Because I think that. if you were like, if you were at the gem show, yeah, and you were looking at something and you were like, oh, I could think of some cool things to do with this, and I really love this, but then you had like a little cheat sheet that's like these five terms, and oh, you went I mean, down the terms, like, and you were um, like, oh, this only checks three of these boxes; it okay. needs to check all five or whatever. Like, I think that that could help you be like. It's not me deciding right now if I love this or hate this. It's literally like the company policy is these five things. Like if you were handing over an assignment to an intern and said, I need you to go to the gem show and pick out 20 new things. How would you, how would you describe to them what parameters those need to fit into? Like you, you know, that could help you kind of, cause I, I kind of try to do that with orange beautiful products where it's like, Yes, this is, you know, like, oh, this is a like a pretty quote that's sincere and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, this would make a cool type design. But this does not like that. It would be totally out of left field for Orange Beautiful to suddenly have like a mushy, sentimental quote card because I don't have anything like that. So why would that be a part of it? And that actually pretty accurately describes my problem is that every now and then I'll be attracted to something that's um, more like girly. Yeah. And then you're like, this doesn't really fit. Right. Yeah. Um, But that kind of is also what sells. Yeah. Like I think my, yeah, we've said it. My favorite things aren't the top sellers. Yeah. Me either. 
also a fun thing that happened this weekend. Um, we were working on new designs and um, Steve was working. I told him, like, just play around yeah. without me directing you. Yeah. And um, something came out totally different. He was trying to make a space in the middle for a triangle. But yeah. when he printed it, it practically looked like a circle. Yeah. And, and I didn't know. I thought he put a circle there on purpose. Yeah. So I grabbed a bead. I'm like, hey, I have something that fits in here yeah he's like oh shit and we i took a photo of it and posted it online and everyone liked that one there you go so i know that kind of now we're awesome yeah that kind of shit's awesome i mean that's that's kind of the some of the shit that happens with just like putting things on social media is like i'm trying to do a lot more of these videos of me just like sketching shit or writing things with a marker or just being like something comes into my brain Instead of me just like writing it on a post-it note and sticking it to the wall and no one ever sees it, mm. I can do like a cute little video or a, or just like take a picture of the finished sketch of it and be like, cool, this is fun. And like, I don't need to say, hey, everybody, what do you think of this? Do you like this? Should I make this into a print? Like you won't get a genuine reaction if you do that. That's why I didn't put a voting thing yeah. on this. I kind of feel like the people, people will just let they me. Liked it, they had to make an effort. Right. To send totally. me a DM. Right. And the people that did all liked that. No one DM'd me saying that they liked the other The design. other things, yeah. So I felt like it was more genuine because it wasn't just a hit a button thing. Right. They didn't have to say anything. And when you, sometimes when you do say like, what do you guys think? Should I make this into something? Like every, people are going to go yes. out of their way to be positive because they want to be positive. Like mm -hmm. it's very rare that someone will be like, I don't know. This seems kind of looks weird to me or doesn't fit with your line. Like people aren't necessarily going to give you like a thoughtful, honest answer. They're going to give you the answer that they think you want. One time I posted something that was like a yes or no and not that many people said no, but the fact that some people yes. were willing to say no made me be like, you know what? I shouldn't do this because that many yeah. people felt okay saying no. So that means that tons of other ones didn't. Right. Didn't say, say no. anything. Yeah. I'm like, so I kind of like took it the opposite. It way. is also <laughs> interesting, like that we do have the freedom to, to be, to kind of experiment with some stuff. And even though there's certain elements like this affects you more than me is that like, there are times when like you couldn't, if you had a design idea that you weren't sure about, you couldn't necessarily make three of it and then never make it again. Like there's certain things that sometimes I can, right? Like, so, yeah, sometimes you can. And sometimes it's like, well, I would have to get this cast and make X amount We're, or you know. buy this number of beads or whatever. And I mean, like, I absolutely can do that. It would just, I'd have to charge a fortune for it. Right. And so like, there's a certain amount of like, you could, you could everyone, you could kind of build it into your manufacturing and designing process that like, once a year or maybe a mini collection a year or something, you just do whatever the fuck you want. You just like let there be a place for like some weird thing that doesn't fit in your I aesthetic. Do that with my flash sales. Right. Or something that's like super girly that Which you wouldn't want to fold into your regular collection. Yeah. And then also like be committed to the fact that like no matter how many people get excited about it and ask for it, once it's gone, it's gone. And you and you're done. Yeah. I think I've, I've ended up in this spot 
um, because my tactic for designing things has always been if I look at a material and I know instantly what I want to do with it, yes. I get it. Yeah. Which is great. Because that's... I get excited. I do that like out loud shrieking thing. And I think whether that's... Whether I'm in public or not. That's like tr- a true example of being a designer. And I felt like just, you know, everything I like, it's, right. it's you what ha- I like. Yes. So it goes. And you have... And then I eventually it kind of doesn't go. Amount that people need to realize like again what you're creating came from your brain Mm. like it came out of your brain even if it's even if you think it's super simple or anybody could do this or like I think that too where I'm like anybody can learn how to do lettering anybody can make oh I don't think that's true I legit to quit well I mean and I don't mean anybody I mean yeah hundreds of thousands of graphic designers Mm -hmm. could literally do what I'm doing. But the fact is, is like, they're not. And Mm -hmm. I am. Right. So it, we all have to kind of say, yes, we live in a world where there's thousands and thousands of versions of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. But the realistic thing about it is that, they're not they're not like those people aren't doing what you're doing you're the only one that's doing what you're doing even though there are millions of birthday cards and there's only you know they're like there's still an infinite number of ways to write the word happy birthday and present it on a card Mm -hmm. and choose the colors for it and have it be part of a collection of other things like your point of view will always be your point of view and the more you start to worry about what what other people's point of view is and should I change my point of view to be more successful because look at this person over here, they're more successful than me. Like, you're only either going to be miserable mm-hmm. or you're going to just flounder about in the same space you're already in because you're like not doing what you should be doing as a designer like I think I'm not um I don't look at other people's point of views and think I should do that I just I get jealous that their point of view is so concise yeah you know yeah and then um I look at mine and think oh it's all over the place but I'm like brainstorming while (laughs) while we're doing this (laughs) I don't know but if I that's also bad think, or good. I just got I also all kinds think of ideas and I need my I think book. you're also in it. Like you're deep in it and you're coming from the perspective of like you're your own worst critic, which is mm-hmm. what we all do. Mm-hmm. Because I feel the same way about my stuff where I'm like, this is all over the place and like I need to get rid of things and I need to make new stuff and like how where do I even start to do that? But at the same time... I kind of feel like whatever I make will fit. And, and if I make a bunch of stuff and then I have to edit down, like I kind it, I always feel like that, like design 15 things and then know that six of them are going to get I'm, made. Yeah. I'm doing that more than I ever have. Yeah. I used to get so attached to every single thing that I couldn't yeah. edit it Or out. you feel like I put effort into this. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I should get something back out of it. 
But or like, I already own this. Right. I need to make some money off right. of it. Yeah. Um, Whereas in reality, like, it is good to edit down and, and remember that, like, especially when you're at shows or someone's buying stuff off your website, like, people are see people, it's very hard for somebody to buy one of your products and only see that one product. Mm -hmm. Like, they're going to inevitably, inevitably be influenced by all of your other products surrounding it and it's going to make them want to buy like my again my thing about shows is like when people set up their booth of stuff and you have some cool product and there's like only one variation of it mm -hmm. it actually is helpful for there to be like another option because the consumer wants to feel the power of choosing yes they want like and it's why I'm baffled by shows where someone has a product. I think that they want choices, but not too many. Exactly. Yes. Not too many. And now we're getting into like the um, trying to get in the consumer's head. Right. And I've got lots of those things. Yes. Um, Which is hard because and that's why shows can be tricky for people because you'll have someone come up and say, you know, it's hard because you literally have that immediate reaction from somebody. And if you have two or three people come up to a show and say like, oh, I wish this came in a different color or I, if only this was bigger or why is this so big or what, you know, mm -hmm. and like it's hard not to let all of those little nitpicky yeah. suggestions start to pile up in your brain and make you feel like you're doing something wrong. Mm. Whereas you need to think, you need to remind yourself that like, this is the public and there's going to be one per no matter what you do, there's going to be somebody that comes, it comes up to your table and has an opinion. And a lot of those people are literally just busybody weirdos that want to tell you that what you're, it's like the people that you were talking about that like, aren't, maybe there are people that just go to parties and are assholes and tell everybody their opinion. Those are the people that go to craft shows and oh are like, and they're the why ones, does this cost so much? Yes. They're the, <laughs> why does this cost so much? I hadn't got, I can make this myself for ages. <laughs> and, um, at a show over the holidays, someone asked like, why two, two different things the prices were so different yeah and i was so like you know like really i, I <laughs> we're doing like, this stumbled over all of my words because i i'm not prepared to yeah be asked that yeah and like the simple question or answer is just materials and time yeah that's it that's how all the process yeah. it's the balance of those things yeah but I, it's just like why did you need to ask me that yeah I feel like I always imagine the hilarious scenario of someone saying that and then you being like, oh, my God, you're right. These they're totally the wrong price. Thank you for helping me. Like or I'm going to change my whole entire business based yeah. on your one like completely baseless suggestion. Because <laughs> I like I get um, why. Uh, someone might be confused that like a tiny pair of studs are more than a big pair of earrings. Right. And it's like, well, beads don't really cost that much. Yeah. But stones that have been um, shaped to a, you know, a specific size and calibrated. Yes. Ha are 
take more effort yeah. and co- cabochons yeah. cost way more than beads yeah and that's why well then there's your answer but like the general public doesn't need to know that i hit i hit people with too much information mm. like when people ask me dumb questions i'm just like you asked you're gonna get an answer you're gonna get a detailed honest answer i'm trying i'm to, not gonna like, give you a passive like just because or like well that's how they're priced or like that one's bigger like i literally will get into it because i'm like if you're gonna assume things about me i'm gonna i'm gonna like give you the whole the answer, answer. Though, no i give the, them the long answer oh, okay. i i used to give really long answers and then i'd like start sweating and turn red in between um <laughs> and regret all of it um so yeah i'm trying to work on just being more confident and yeah yeah i think that's the key is is always like especially when when the thing that someone's saying is negative like sometimes those like why are these different prices aren't necessary like they're not necessarily negative they're not like it's hard to read people and sometimes people come off wrong, but like sometimes those people are just genuinely interested in what, like I want to know more about these two things. Why is this one cost more? Tell me what, tell me more. Um, and like it, it is kind of unfair to assume that they're being judgmental. Yeah. Like, because some people aren't. Um, and I think that that's the biggest thing for, you know, when you're confronted with like, why is this cost this much? Or especially when people bring up another person, like that's the worst is when somebody's like there, the bars of soap over there are $7. Why are yours $8? Like, cause you, you're, that question is insinuating a lot mm-hmm. of things like you're, and you as the maker are going to take it as an insult immediately. You're going to immediately jump to like, you th- like, so you are trying to test me on why my things are more expensive when like the answer is, Cause that's what I priced them at. Mm-hmm. And like, you're more than welcome to go buy the $7 version. If you don't right. see a difference, like that's your prerogative. But what you should say is like, Oh, well we price ours at that because that's, you know, it's, it covers cost of materials and our labor. And we believe that our product is of the highest quality and that that's the fair, that's a fair price for it. Mm-hmm. Done. Generic answer. And also shut up. Like your answer should should shut someone up, right? That's like if I they're feel being like my long if they're being judgy. Response right. is inviting a conversation, and I think that people can tell. I think that it's good to be able to try to intuit whether someone is just interested in what you're doing, and that's their gateway to ask mm-hmm. you questions. Because some people are re- like just as much as you're nervous and not confident sometimes to talk to people at shows like the customers are nervous and they don't they want to find out more Mm. and like I always get really excited the people it's usually guys at my booth that are ballsy enough to just be like hey how do you make these designs like they just flat out ask and I'm always like cool good question whereas people who might also be interested are like so do you draw these? Like, you don't have to act like an asshole to mm-hmm. have a genuine conversation with me. And so I always appreciate the people who are just like, how, like, do, like, how did you do this? Did you do this on the computer? And like, you can tell if someone's trying to be a dick or is genuinely asking you a question mm-hmm. because they're like super into graphic design and want to know 
like, is this a font or did you draw it or did you whatever? And like, I'm super happy to talk to that person at length about like, oh, well, here's an example. This card, these two elements are actually fonts that are, are typefaces that I didn't design. I just manipulated the typeface. And then this word here, I actually drew by hand. And then they're like, oh my God, that's so interesting. Like, tell me more. Do you use InDesign? Like, and then you can figure out like how much they want to talk to you and like whether or not they're being an asshole. Um, I'm just realizing that when I get asked similar questions that I never even know where to begin. And that's part of my problem with like not even knowing how to describe my design process. Yeah. Because I've just been making whatever I wanted for all this time. I think, I mean, your stuff, I feel like you could like when you talk about going to the gem show and you see like, you'll literally see a stone and be like, I've just designed a pair of earrings like in my head around this stone. That's exactly how I do everything. And I think that people love that because you have to remember. That's what I should be saying. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think you have to remind your, you have to remember that a good amount of the people that come to shows and buy things from the people at shows have so much admiration for the vendors that are there. Like they come like, like think about yourself in terms of like how you look at like a ceramics artist Mm. and like how you're like, Oh my God, I want, like, I want to see your messy studio. I want to see the shit that breaks in your kiln. I want to learn about glazes. I like, because you're not, you don't do that and you don't know everything that you could possibly know about it the way that they might, but you are super interested in like their skill and their talent and how they came up with well, that in their no, brain. Yeah. I love ceramics and I have no interest in making them right. myself. Right. And I had plenty of opportunities to have made it yeah. myself for free. Um, and I chose not to because right. I, it wasn't your calling. It's not what I want. Well, do, and I think, I, love I think you have to remember product. that a good amount, especially at, shows where like people are coming there because they know that the person who made it is standing in front of them. Like those people want to know about your weird process. Like they want to know like, Oh, I actually like, I take hours and hours and hours and I draw a bunch of sketches. Like if that's your process, they want to know about that. If they, if you literally like, if the necklace they're pointing at is like, some story about the gem show Mm -hmm. like they want they want to know about that that's super interesting most people don't even know that a gem show exists they don't know like they they just see the finished product and know that they like it Mm. and like it's interesting to people to be like oh so you just get like you find a cool piece and it like an entire design just like pops in your brain that's so interesting whereas i i always tell people i'm like yeah, I just like I'm really into 90s hip hop and I really like I think it's funny to like make some swirly pretty graphic imagery of like a gangster like hardcore gangster rap lyric. I think that's funny. That makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. And that's why Too Legit to Quit happened. And people are like, oh, it's so funny. Like instead of no one wants to hear that like, oh, well, MC Hammer is really popular. So I just thought I'd put that on a card and now you're going to buy it. Like that's not a good story. That doesn't that's not a designer telling you that. 
All right. I'm already coming up with homework for myself. Yeah. And also, like, remember that you can totally have, like, canned answers for things. Yeah. Like, get shit prepared where, like, you think of the things that people have asked at shows that stumped you or made you nervous Mm -hmm. and be like, cool, the next time somebody asks me why this costs more than this thing, like, I'm going to have a ready answer. I'm going to have a short answer and I'm going to have a oh, you're actually interested, let's have a meaningful conversation answer. And I'm going to make sure I tell them these three things. I think I need to start with the whole, like, writing down the five words. Yeah. And then and then redo my business bio because it's terrible. I need to and do I that, too. And I wrote it 10 years ago. Yeah, I need to do that, um, too. Okay. Homework. Now you've got homework. Five Five words. I feel like I'm on the verge of narrowing things down. And I think that then like the business consulty people also tell you like with those five word kind of things where it's like define your product or define your business. Then that they also tell you like remember that those things are also going to kind of describe your customer. That was another right? one in the hashtag thing was yes. describing my customer. And I'm like, I have no idea. Right. And then, but then or you like can, who your ideal customer yes, is. Yes. And I'm like, oh, but I, it's really interesting because as much as you don't, as much as it like goes against your gut instinct to say, I want everyone to buy my product. Like it's really helpful to be like, oh, this is the type of person that most, that mostly buys my product. And so like it wouldn't, for me, it doesn't make sense for me to market my cards towards 60-year-old men. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. That's not to say that 60-year-old men have not bought my cards or wouldn't buy my cards. But that's a weird. that would be a wrong way to market my stuff and think about where my stuff should go and how photos should look and what hashtags I should put on things mm-hmm. and how my packaging should look and the information that's on my website, like I need, you know, defining who your customer is just helps you be really focused instead of being like, well, I want everyone to see like, cause the focus will get the people you want to get and you're going to get the extra people too, just because that that's inevitable. All right. So let's, if we're going to tell people to do homework too, because everyone not, do homework, right? Yeah. Um, write down five, five words, words. To describe your business. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're specifically like what Michelle's doing, trying to hone in on her collection on her product line, sure. it can be, you know, it doesn't have to be super wishy washy, like fun. Like it should be no one something specific. Fun. Don't, don't use the word fun. Even if you're fun, even if you're, fucking earth cadets don't use the word fun right don't even uh, though her stuff oh, is super is fun so fun, so fun. okay so carrot? chrissy chrissy can use fun no one else can use fun um uh, is that true yeah sure yeah lee from rhymes with twee she can use fun we'll t- we'll Wait send a sec. we'll post a list ask of people who are allowed ask us first if you want to use the word fun and we'll tell you we'll let you know if you're allowed um but okay. most of you are not allowed to use the word fun i'm not allowed to use the word no. fun and you're not no. allowed to use the word fun um, and i have fucking funny rap lyrics in my line and i'm not going to use the word fun nope not fun try not to use it <laughs> and then describe your customer 
in I don't know how many words because I can't even think of one. Yeah, so and then five words feels and then like a lot. Seem like the then look at those two lists and see if they make yeah. sense together because that could be a good test and of then like post are them you in yeah. the Facebook group and we'll do ours yeah to to start the conversation yeah yeah I think that's a good idea and you, these are not I lists like that you have to commit to in any way no but just like maybe think about stick it. them up on a post-it yeah. in your studio while well you're and working. I think also the conversation should be a lot of us on the group are pretty familiar with each other's businesses yeah, or could or could like look at each other's websites pretty easily and like get a sense yeah and then I think it'd be good for everybody to kind of go hey the like I think these three words you picked are spot on mm-hmm. but like what about this word instead of this word like because then I think we'll get some good objective opinions yes about if we're seeing ourselves correctly it's hard to right see it is of course it is Hmm. Are we? At, I tried to look at the time. We're is at it like an hour a, and a half? Yeah, it's at like an hour and a half. So yeah, yeah we, we should wrap it off because we but also. I mean, we need we to assign homework for God's sake. I know that's a big step in the right direction. I feel like I got some good brainstorming done while being recorded. That's yes, always it's what always I'm trying good to do. Just let everyone know the messiness that's going on in my brain. I think the top. I think we covered a lot of like somewhat related topics. Very businessy. But we try, yeah, yeah, we got businessy about it. We That's did. what we're trying to do. Go back and forth. It's kind of businessy, kind of not businessy. Mm-hmm. Pancake Town, the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this week's episode of Pancake Town, the podcast is brought to you by business. <laughs> <laughs> right? Business, get your shit together. That's it. TM, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, laughing hurts. I have to pee. Again. Laughing hurts. You have to pee again. Mm-hmm. I get to pee first, though. Okay, there's only fine. one bathroom. You better go. Okay. Um, what do we want to wrap up with? Do the Facebook group assignment that yeah. we just gave you. Um, continue to send us topic suggestions. Also, if there's anybody that you want us to interview, yeah, we have some. We have some good planned. ones coming up. Yes. If you have anybody you really want us to interview, or if you yourself would like to be interviewed, then tell us. Yeah, why not? Because we won't know unless you tell us. Right. We're not going to say no. I can't imagine one person that would be like, interview me, and yeah, we'd be I like, mean, no. When we had talked about being shitty with self-care, Robin emailed us. Yeah. She was on the podcast. And she helped us a That's lot. That's how it works. Yeah. Send us an email. Yeah, send us an email. Um, and then, yeah, we'll probably do some, like, show of hands-ish things in the next couple months leading up to the spring show. Probably. And then um, maybe we'll do another meet and greet sometime in the coming yeah, months. Yeah, I think we have to. I think that'll be super fun. So, yeah, if, if again, you have a space that you would like to pony up and mm-hmm. let us use that's amazing or if you know of a space remember that we literally don't make any money doing this nope. um so yeah but we're always up for cross promotions and uh pimping you out if you hook us up with something um anything else no i can't think okay <laughs> then i think we're done um you know where to find us and we should seriously just cut it off because we yeah. don't know what else to say. No, I've, I can't all right. words anymore. Okay. Thanks for listening. Oh we love you all. And go do your homework. <laughs>